Psalm 13. And I will be reading from the King James Version tonight. I typically read from Holman Christian Standards. So uh, if you usually follow along on your tablet or your phone, uh, you may want to grab a pew Bible if you're used to the different translation because I will be in King James tonight. Just six short little verses. Six short little verses. We'll read through them. And then we'll discuss them. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in these words, and I pray that you just... You bless us through reading them. I pray that you help us to understand the, the attitude, the heart of David and, and what's, what's being done here, God, that, that maybe some of us are, are asking that question. We are feeling the same way, God. How long uh, in our situations, in our sin, in our sorrow, in our fear, whatever it may be. So, God, I pray that you would just speak through us in your word tonight, God. I pray that you would do the talking. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. We see this phrase, how long, uh, several different times here in these first few verses. Uh, David is obviously going through a difficult time in his life. Now, this is very, a very familiar idea from what we've seen over the last couple of months as we have gone through the Psalms. And David is asking the Lord this question, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Uh, David feels as though the Lord has forgotten him through this situation. And he's saying, God, are you going to forget me forever? Uh, David's enemies had come upon him, against him, and he felt like God was not uh, listening to him. Again, he goes on to say, How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemies be exalted over me? How long? How long? How long? Perhaps some of us can relate to that question very well. Now, I don't know exactly what David's heart was like, what his attitude was like as he uttered these words. Perhaps his heart was contrite and he was begging and he was pleading with the Lord, saying, Lord God, please have mercy on me. God, how long? Perhaps he was angry with the Lord. Perhaps we can relate to that too. Uh, maybe there have been times in our life where we have become angry with the Lord because it seems like we aren't being treated fairly in our situation, in our circumstances, whatever it may be. And we may be angry with the Lord. God, why aren't you doing something? I don't know what David's heart was. But I know God hears our prayers. Whether we come to Him and we're contrite or whether we come to Him and sometimes we may be angry. Now, am I saying that it's okay for us to be angry with the Lord? Well, no. 
I'm not saying that as a general rule we should go shaking our fist in God, but I am saying is that God understands and God knows and that sometimes we can be a little short with God. Sometimes we can be a little frustrated because we don't think God is acting quick enough. But God hears our prayers and God will act just in the right time. I remember when I was in seminary, there was a, a guy, I didn't know him very well, but I'd, I'd see him from time to time, and he, was, he didn't have a car. And everywhere he went, he had to walk. He had to walk to work. He had to ride his bike to work. And if you've never been to the San Francisco Bay Area, I'll tell you, it's very hilly. And so you will get in shape very quick if you have to walk or if you have to ride your bike anywhere. And he had been doing this for months, and he just, he was so wore out, he was so tired, and he said one day he was just walking up that hill and he was pushing his bike, and he said, God, why, are, why can't you just bless me with a car? Why do I have to keep doing this? God, I'm tired of walking up this hill every day. And two days later, his dad called and said, you know what, I felt lit, I feel like I need to buy you a car. His dad bought him a car and sent it out there. And, and in, his, in, his, in his walk, in his struggle, which was just simply riding that bike up that hill every day, he was kind of angry and he was kind of short. And he said, God, how long am I going to have to keep doing this? And God heard his prayer and God answered his prayer. Now, I don't know if David had that attitude. But, but it's not uncommon maybe for us to have that attitude. Perhaps sometimes we are contrite. Perhaps sometimes we are angry. But I would say that all of us, if we haven't experienced it, I would say you will at some point in time experience in your life a time where you don't feel that God is working fast enough. And perhaps you're asking God, how long? God, how long is it going to be before you help me to have the strength to want to get past this sin that I'm struggling with? God, how long is it going to be before you get me through this sorrow, this sadness that I'm going through? God, how long is it going to be before you take this fear away from me? I don't know what David's attitude was, but he was obviously, uh, when I read these verses, it, it reminded me of, of Jacob in Genesis 32. Now, Jacob kind of, he was a little deceptive as he was growing up, and he took the birthright from his brother Esau. Uh, he took the blessing from his brother Esau, and so that, that left a little bit of tension in the family, as you may can imagine. Well, long story short, eventually ha uh, Jacob had to come back into the land where Esau was residing, and it appears as though so there was a little bit of fear in Jacob's uh, mind. After all, he was going to see his brother who he had wronged, and, and on the way he said, look, I'm going to send all these gifts ahead of me uh, to try to appease Esau. And in the midst of all that, as he was getting ready to go and confront his brother, it says that Jacob was, uh, he encountered an angel, which turns out to be the Lord, and he wrestled with that angel, or he wrestled with the Lord all night, and he said, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Now, I don't know if that story's meant to be taken literally or figurative, figuratively. Perhaps he really wrestled with the Lord. But, but in a figurative sense, uh, I believe that that's what we see David doing here. As he's wrestling with the Lord in the midst of his hard times, all these enemies are against him. In the case of Jacob, all of his past was against him. Every bad thing he had done, he was, he was in a bad relationship with his father-in-law. Things weren't good where he left from. And he's going to a place where his brother is, where last time he saw him, things wasn't good. And, and, and Jacob was probably in a bad spot. And he was probably fearful and he was probably afraid and he was wrestling with God and all the things that was going on in his life. There was about to be a change in Jacob's life, but he had to go through this experience. He had to go through this period where he had to wrestle with God and he said, I don't care what happens, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to hold on and I'm going to continue to wrestle with God until God blesses me. 
And I think that's what David was doing here. David was saying, God, how long? God, I'm going to keep trusting in you, but God, why aren't you doing anything? Why is it taking so long? Why are these enemies coming against me, dear Lord? How long? And perhaps some of us are wrestling with God right now. Perhaps some of us need to be wrestling with God right now. Perhaps we are just giving in too easily to sin. Perhaps we are giving in too easily to depression or to sorrow or to fear. And we need to say, God, I'm going to cling to you. God, get me through this. God, help me get through this. God, I'm not going to turn to this. God, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep seeking you. I'm going to keep reading your word. I'm going to keep coming to fellowship in your house. I'm going to keep worshiping you. I'm going to keep praising you. God, I'm just going to hold on. Just get me through this, dear Lord. And in the midst of all of David's struggles... He was continuing to seek the Lord to get him through his situation. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David was, was fearful that, that death may be upon him. That was not, an, uh, that was not an, uh, a, a, a thing that would, would have been a bad thing for David to consider. Obviously, he had, he had enemies against him that were trying to kill him. I don't know what the circumstances were as to when this psalm was written, but there were many difficult times in David's life. Saul was trying to kill him. David's own son would eventually try to kill him. And so, we don't know exactly what David was going through, but he felt like death was upon him. Perhaps it was an enemy. Perhaps it was sin. And he felt like God had abandoned him, and God wasn't there, and God wasn't listening. But whatever the cause, he still crying out to the Lord that God would lighten his eyes. In my, in, in my language, I interpret that to say, God, show me some light at the end of the tunnel. God, all I see is darkness and hard times ahead. All I see is my enemies or all I see is my sin. All I see is negativity. I don't see any good. I don't see any joy. I don't see any happiness. I don't see any way out. God, show me the light. God, show me some deliverance. God, show me that you are still here with me. God, show me that you have not separated from me. Ain't it a good thing that God doesn't separate from those of us who are His children? That the love of God keeps us together? If you want to turn to Romans, you can. But if you don't want to, just listen real carefully. Romans chapter 8. This is a good reminder for us. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even when we feel separated, that verse is a good reminder to know that God's love, because He loves us, He is with us. He has not abandoned us. He has not left us. Even though it doesn't seem as though there's any light at the end of the tunnel, we know that God is there because the Bible tells us so. And even though David uh, felt like God wasn't there, as we're going to see, David knew that God was there. He says in verse 4, Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. He's saying, look, God, if, if, if you let me stay down in this condition, if you let my enemies overtake me, they are going to rejoice. They're going to think they are all that. They're going to think they are so good. He's saying, God, don't let my enemies, don't let your enemies rejoice over them overtaking one of your righteous ones. And then we see kind of a shift in, in, in what the text says. We see David crying out to the Lord, How long, Lord? God, deliver me. Show me some light. Don't let the enemies overtake me. And then in an instant, between verse 4 and 5, let's see what happens. 
In verse 5 it says, But I have trusted in thy mercy, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Now, either one of two things happened there. One, there was a big gap between verses 4 and 5 and God delivered David miraculously. And after he said that, there was a big gap and things happened. Or two, David's situation didn't change on the spot, but his attitude did. And I believe that's exactly what happened. I believe that David's situation was probably still the same. After he uttered the words in verse 4, I believe his enemies were still against him. The sin might have still been there, whatever it was that he was afraid of, that he was struggling with. But his attitude changed because he wrestled with God. He went from an attitude of wrestling with God to an attitude of worshiping with God. And that's what God can do for us. You see, if we, if we go through those hard times, if we have enemies in our life, if we have sin in our life, and we just kind of mope around and we just say, oh, woe is me, I'm never going to make it through this. If we just do that, then we're not going to find any joy. We're not going to praise the Lord. We're not going to worship the Lord. But when we seek the Lord, when we, like David, say, you know what? There is nowhere else I can go. There is no one else I can seek. God, I'm just going to keep seeking you, even though I don't feel like you're there, even though I don't feel like my prayers are even going past the ceiling. I feel like you're hitting it and bouncing down. God, I'm going to keep praying. God, I'm going to keep seeking. God, I'm going to keep clinging to you because I know you're going to deliver me. And guess what? Just like God did with David, when we continue to seek the Lord and we continue to wrestle with Him, guess what happens? Our attitude changes. Because we begin to feel the presence of the Lord. We begin to realize that God has not abandoned us, that God has not left us, that God has not forsaken us, that God still loves us. And even though we may not be out of our situation as quick as we want to, something changes in us. Our situation may not change, but when we seek the Lord, our attitude does change. And we go from wrestling with God to worshiping God. What are you struggling with? What are you having a hard time with? What seems dark to you? What seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel? What seems like you can't overcome it? That sin that so easily ensnares. Whatever it is, take it to God. Wrestle with it. Wrestle with the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Ask God to deliver you. How long is it going to be? I don't know how long it's going to be. But ever how long it's going to be, I know God's going to be with you through the process. And when you seek the Lord, you'll end up worshiping Him on the other side because God, He has a way about kind of bringing joy to our life and peace to our life and comfort to our life. And that only comes through Him. David figured that out. David knew that. And praise the Lord that we got words like His that we, He wrote today to remind us of that. Let's pray. God, we thank You for these good words of David. We thank You for these uh, reminders. Dear Lord, sometimes we may feel like You're not around. Sometimes we may ask the question, how long? Even if we don't utter the words with our mouth, God, so many times our hearts and our minds think that. We think that you're not around. We think that you're not listening. We think that you don't care, but God, that's as far from the truth as it can be. So help us to be reminded of your words in Romans chapter 8. God, your love keeps us together, that you're not separated from us, even if we feel like it, God. And I pray that we would cling out to you. God, that we wouldn't just continue to live in fear or live in sin or, or live in sadness, God, whatever it may be, that we would just cling to you, that we would say, God, just help me, that we would just keep on seeking you, and God, that you would bring a peace and a comfort to our life, that you'd give us a strength to overcome our sins, that you'd give us a, a peace and a joy to overcome our sadness, dear Lord, that you would give us courage to overcome our fear, to know that 
God, if we trust in you, that we have nothing to fear. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.